you know, many times right here, and you do have, if you will, sermons pertaining to Thanksgiving, but I'm too like Greg, we need to be thankful for every day. Thanksgiving for some, and like the soul, and for family, friends, health, prosperity, and for many other reasons that each one can think of. I too am thankful for these things. But I'm thankful and want to try to remember to be thankful every day for God giving us His Son. And what I want to lesson to be tonight is hope for that long home. You think about that long home. In Ecclesiastes 12.5 And when they shall be afraid of that which is high And fear shall be in the way And the almond tree shall flourish And the grasshopper shall be a burden And desire shall fail Because man goeth to his long home We shall in a few minutes We will all leave this world but if we're talked about in the mourners go back the streets, I know that this long home is going to be eternity. But our time is limited. We make mention of it, but think about it and believe it. Psalms 90, verse 10. The days of our years are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Then look at Hebrews 9:27. This is finite, it happens, as it appointed unto men want to die, but after this, the judgment. You realize that our life's tale will be told, everything that's not been repented of will be brought to the open. Psalms 90 verse 9 For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. You know, our one thing here on earth should be to fear God and keep his commandments. But look at Revelation 14, 13 And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. That is certainly a blessing, and that's something to be thankful for. From henceforth, yea, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. You know, you'll hear this from time to time at funerals. This is a good thing to think about for people that have obeyed God and died in the Lord. But our life's tale will be told starting at our youth. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember now thy creator the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You know, there's a break, a, <clears throat> a great void, if you will, the very early life of Jesus, but then when he was about 12. So from his youth, what our life takes will be told starting at youth, even to old age, 
the blood that gets to live for old age. Psalms 71, verses 5 through 9. For thou art my hope, O Lord, and thou art my trust from my youth. You know, some people have been so fortunate to be in the church from a child. I didn't have that fortune. But I'm grateful that with some help from others, I had the opportunity. So whatever time it is, until old age, verse 6, But thee have I beholden up from the womb, thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I need to be thankful that I can praise God continually. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Thankful all day. And verse 9. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Now our strength may fail. But as long as we're doing what God has us to do, if God is for us, who can be against us, we will survive. But sooner or later, we will depart this life. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, and if you read farther above, it speaks of others, but the lesson won't stand that much time, I don't think. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. As sleep here, we shall not all die. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall rise incorruptible, and we shall be changed. We have to be changed because, remember, heaven will not inherit flesh and blood. But in the meantime, while we're here on this earth, there's parts of a hymn that I happen to remember, and it is so comforting. Each step I take leads me closer home. Every moment that passes. So I'm thankful each day. I want to go to that home because this home will be where the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is. Look at 1 John 5, 4 through 7. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Step one. More than that. But, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Tells us. Verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. But as the heading started out there, verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, these are three. Who is the Word? It's Jesus. Our journey here is a serious matter.
principles we spent here on earth, our attitude here, will have a good determination, possibly, if you will, of our altitude. But 2 Corinthians 5 2. <coughs> For in this we groan earnestly, serious, desire to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. And we can be comfortable in our earthly home while longing to be in the eternal home. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Think about being grateful and thankful every day. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known under all men. The Lord is at hand. What a blessing to know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You want to be peaceful? Give God the glory. Give God the rightful praise and honor that he deserves. Being thankful <clears throat> for the hope of that eternal home. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, our God, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. John 14, 1 through 4. Think about that in my father's house for many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Our journey here being that serious matter, while traveling we are to focus on getting to heaven. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Sometimes we forget it's not about us at all. Verse 25. <clears throat> For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit of if he shall gain the whole world losing his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, there'll be a lot of people disappointed on that day of judgment. I have no idea what it'd be, but I used to stand in line at school a lot. I think about standing in line. And where someone might say, you know, you never told me. But how about you're standing in line and you would like to give up everything that you had to get to enter in to that heavenly home? <clears throat> Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. God's not asking us to do anything that we can't do. If it was something heroic, we would probably all be trying to get it done. But he wants obedience. And think about Paul when he's writing this at the God of the Holy Ghost. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, pleading with them. And then it says in verse 2, Be not conformed to this world. A lot of times we take our eye off of the mark. Continuing in the verse, it says, But be ye transferred, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good. As a man thinketh, so is he, remember? An acceptable and perfect will of God, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Doesn't that describe God perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present? Perfect? And in Ephesians 1.18, let us focus on getting to heaven. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his God. If we can have our eyes open to God's Word, continuing, and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. That's where the riches will be. The home in heaven. And in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself whether you be in the faith, prove your own faith. And we know that we cannot judge ourselves by ourselves or judge ourselves by others that we see. We need to examine ourselves according to the scriptures. And remember the Bible tells us that the scriptures are for no private interpretation. Prove your own self. Following that, the rest of this verse says, Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. And then 2 Peter 1, 2 through 7. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. The more knowledge we have in serving God, the more we can do it, the more peace we will have, and the more peace. We'll try to multiply that knowledge by studying more. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given us, given unto us, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We have it all. All we have to do is use it. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Remember, God cannot lie. His promises are true. That by these you may be partakers of the denied nation, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
And besides this, we have a list here, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Well, why should I do these things? Why should each of us do these things? Second Peter 1.8. Well, these things are being you, Remember, if these things be in you and abound. You know, just having something and not using it will not work. If you have a loose bolt or a loose screw and you have a wrench, you don't turn it, it don't work. And abound. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Continuous with why we need to do these things. <clears throat> Hebrews 3, 13 to 14. But exhort one another day while it is called today. How can we exhort someone to do something that we're not doing ourselves? Start the verse over at verse 13. But exhort one another day that while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginnings of our confidence, steadfast and sure. Remember, start out with youth and work to old age, and then be steadfast. Un I said sure, but be steadfast unto the end. Now, our road is going to be narrow. What we're looking at is in front of us. <coughs> Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in there. If you want to travel the wide way, you'll have plenty of company. <clears throat> Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Now that's where I want to go. I want to live that eternal home in heaven. And remember, if we don't make heaven, we will live in torment with fire and brimstone. And few there be the time. Don't run with the crowd. <clears throat> our road is narrow for what I have to travel it's given to me the instructions our road being narrow remember to be aware and notice how it does this with Matthew 7 and 13 and 14 and it looks like the verse behind it beware of false prophets which come and you in sheep clothing but inward there are raven wolves. <coughs> Excuse me. This road being narrow, remember, stay in good company. First Thessalonians 5, 11 through 13. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. 
Where's the better place to be? Sunday worship, Wednesday night Bible study. Like when we had the gospel meeting, great success. Our tent meeting coming up. Where a better place to be than those with like minds and household faith? Let's continue with verse 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. I realize this is talking about a certain thing. I want us to know we need to know one another. We need to comfort one another. We need to edify one another. And we need to try to make sure that we can get each other along as possible. Because if one cries, we all cry. One is joy, we all have joy. And if we see one in danger, if you saw one that was fixed to fall into a pit, when you pull them out, we see one in danger. Shouldn't we certainly pull them out of danger from Satan? Because he's always seeking whom he may devour. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 19, and in verse 21. See that none render evil for any evil on any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and all men. There's good men and women everywhere if we could just persuade them to obey the gospel. But choose our friends well. I'll get to this in a minute too. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. We need to pray even in the bad times. But pray in the good times. Don't forget God just because all is going well. Verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. You realize even a, a little bad influence can wind up taking us down, can knock us off track from getting to that eternal home we hope for, that long home. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33 and 34. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. When you're around other people, when we are around other people, the possibility that we can pick up those habits. If we're around good people, it's just as easy to pick up good habits. We use verse 33 a lot, but look at the great information in verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. Some of those people that we will be associated with they do not have the knowledge of God. But then it says here, I speak this to your shame. I need to be careful. We need to be careful with who we keep company. Matthew 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. 
pay attention to who we are with. Even a little bit, Galatians 5, 9, a little leaven leaveth the whole lump. And again, I didn't go into all the other references to this, but we know what little bad influence goes a long way. But think of this. A little good influence goes a long way. Think about our speech. How can one incident ruin a lot of good work? Matthew 12, verse 36 and 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Verse 37. For by thy word thou shalt be justified, and by thy word thou shalt be condemned. Even a little flippant words, sometimes they just happen to flip out unintended. But if we practice, Speaking without using your whole mind, let's say cuss words. You know, it just is what it is. It even sounds bad, doesn't it? Imagine if Peter, he did a lot of good work, didn't he? But imagine if he was only remembered for one scripture, of one verse of scripture in the Bible. Mark 14, 71, talking about, and Peter is, is what he does. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom he speak. Not only did he curse, but he denied God, and that's in the same sentence. Now James, 5, James 3, 5 and 6 tells us, even so the tongue in his little member and boast great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. A little spark can burn a lot, but a tongue can do a lot of damage. Verse 6, And a tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Now we're fortunate. We have a good guard with white horsemen in front of us. If we keep it shut, think about what we're going to say. Think about it twice, and if you're not sure, then write it down and read it to yourself. Sometimes we do have to be plain spoken. <clears throat> but we don't have to be mean about it. Have self-control. First Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. I therefore so run. That's what we need to think about. We run. Not as in certainty, so I fight. So fight I. Not as one that made us out. We're not running in flight. We're trying to get something accomplished. Verse 27. But I keep under my body and bring it subjection left that by any means when I preach to others by myself should be a castaway. If we try to teach people about obeying God and then they see us doing things that we shouldn't, our influence is shot. Because many times I've heard people that really just cut to the core. 
I'll live better life than I do. Why should I pay attention to them? Colossians 2, verses 4 through 8. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with his enticing words. For though I be absent of flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and behold your order and the steadfast of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye with him. As long as I walk in what he's told me to do, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. But have some final thoughts. It's going to be in Titus if you have a book. It'll be up here, but you can turn it to Titus 2. We'll do the first seven or so verses, maybe a little more. Verse 1, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. If I want to guard my speech and keep my body under control, my speech ought to be formed by the sound doctrine in the Bible. Think about aged men. To that aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. By the time we get old age, we're closer home with each step we take. By the time we get to old age, we ought to attain these. Now we talk about the aged women in Titus 2, verses 2 through 5. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior becoming holiness, not false accusers, not giving too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women what are you going to teach them? To be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Why do you need to know these? Toward getting to your long home. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Now we didn't leave young men out. Verse 6, young men likewise exhorted to be sober-minded. But I want to touch something about husbands. Husbands hold to this principle. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Um, women that are married, if your husband loves you, he will do all what he can for you. Girls that are not married, if your boyfriend treats you pitifully, it's going to get worse. Young men that are not married, make sure that the person that you marry serves God. Put God first, and all things will be taken care of. But be however it is, husbands and wives, they need to be best friends. 
I used to have a sign up, really for my principal, that I would keep it up there trying to encourage other teachers. Principal happened to be a lady, but it is what it is. That if you want a thoroughbred, don't treat her like a nag. But that, moreover, is for husband. Don't mistreat your wife. Treat them with respect. If you want them to be respectful, <coughs> then you have to treat them with them. But that's the same with everything. But then finally, how can I make sure that I get to have that long pause? And I'm thankful that it's there, and I'm thankful for these words in Titus 2, 7 through 8. In all things, I don't pick and choose, I take all things, showing myself a pattern of good works. If we do good, others will see it. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Remember in Jude, it says, earnestly contend for the faith. I'm going to add the word in doctrine back before the word gravity, so it carries us what it's for. Be grounded. In sincerity. We need to be sincere to one another. Sound speech. We need to speak. And how is all this important? That cannot be condemned. If we live like this, we cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed. I'm sure many people that have been Christian, serve God, when they walk in and someone's using bad language, it'll shush at the drop of a pen. Poor talk. If they know you're serving God most of the time, but if they don't vacate the premises, that they'll be ashamed having no evil thing to say about you. God will bless us with every step we take going home. If we put him first, we bless him. And let me change that back to bless, because he's the one who gives us blessings. We need to remember to give him the praise, honor, and glory. But then we have to get started on that path to that heavenly home. If you never obey the God on that moment, there is good. You don't want to be denied. So obey the gospel while there's time and opportunity. <coughs> We're given the plan of salvation, the things that are necessary to make sure it's right. Hear the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Only thing we can go by is the word of God. Believe God's word, John 8, 24. I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. So plain. And then repent of past sins. There'll be no sins in heaven. We have to clear those out. Acts 17, 30. 
At the time that this ignorant thought went out, but now commanded all, commanded all men everywhere to repent. Confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Paul wrote in Romans 10, 19, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth of Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, and shalt be saved. However, pay close attention also to verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And remember to be, you have to be baptized. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. But remember, I said you had to have sins cleared out. We have to repent, but by being baptized, we're also baptized for the addition of sins. That's two things. And then live faithful to the end. A great example of the Bible. Second Timothy 4, 7, 8. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day. <coughs> and not to me only. All of them also that love to the good. Salvation is open to everyone. Long home will come to everyone. It's just two places. One very good. But you know, if we obey the gospel and we let sin slip back in our life, we have to recover. We have to confess sin as it's known. If it's something that you did that's only known to you and God, you take care of it yourself by repenting of it, having prayer set on your behalf. But if it's a public nature, it's very rare that someone can have a private sin. It needs to be told as it is told, and then have prayer set on your behalf, and God will forgive you. That's where it comes from. God gives you forgiveness. But if any need to respond to obey the gospel or to return, so that home can be assured through obedience and faithfulness. If you'll come forward and stand and sing the song,